Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Road of His College Football Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Stephon LeCoe, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Wispay. This is your place for all things Devi, college DFS, and college football betting advice, and definitely some unabashed homerism. But today, Matthew, we get to talk about real football. I mean, they call it week zero, which, I mean, I don't understand that because it's like it actually is week one because there are teams playing, but whatever. But we have football to talk about. I'm excited. We get to play some bets. We get some DFS. Let's freaking go. Yeah, I'm also very excited. I'm also sleepy. I think I just saw you yawn. Don't. (laughs) I yawn. I'm gonna be honest. I go to bed early. (laughs) Shut up. Um. So I I mean, it's it's great. Uh, I we get the return of the New York Times national champion, Connecticut. Absolutely. Um, we get the worst team in all of college football. No, I'm not Connecticut. Not, they're not. They're actually probably fifth worst. Uh, New Mexico State is back. Um, we get some Chip Kelly. Ooh, yeah. We get we get the debut of Brett Bielma. I'm I'm pretty hyped. Not gonna lie. What game are you looking forward to the most? I, you're one of these I weirdos mean, who likes really shitty football, so I'm not sure what you're gonna <laughs> answer here. I'm curious I mean, what you're most excited about. I'm also a Big Ten fan. I I think I'm. From a watchability standpoint, I mean, you kind of have to think UCLA-Hawaii, but I also kind of think that UCLA is going to go out there and just be really boring. So I'm not super excited for that one. Um, but actually, I, for me, it's it's Nebraska-Illinois. I'm a Big Ten guy. Um, and we, I mean, as easy it is to think like, oh, yeah, Nebraska's a big favorite. They should steamroll. They played last I year. I know. I know. They Illinois beat the crap year. out of them. Um, so, I mean, that one will be fun. And then I, we'll talk. I'm, his name's going to come up a whole lot when we do our uh, DFS, but I'm pretty excited to see Hayner mm-hmm. um, at Fresno State. So, I am hyped. It'll be a good weekend. Um, I hate the schedule, sucks. Yeah. The way they set up these games should make everyone hate everyone <laughs> just because they're all playing kind of like right at the same time. Well, it's like one. So like you get that big, like start one, two, three, 30, nine 30. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not watching. Well, I'm not watching UTEP and New Mexico state. Cause it's not televised anywhere. And I'm not watching San Jose state, Southern Utah because it starts at 10 PM. Um, Eastern. Cause I'm on the real coast. Um, but did you just it, say it's you're just on a coast? It, you're, in Ohio, you're in Ohio. I'm on the real coast. <laughs> the only time zone that matters. Um, none of that is true. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's an, yeah, it's gross. It that scheduling is just dumb. Um, but we should talk a, a little bit about news this week because even though we do have college football coming up, we got a little bit of news. Yeah. Uh, so there was an alliance update in the fact that they announced that the alliance is a thing, yet they didn't really tell us what it meant other than to say, hey, guys, this is a gentleman's agreement to not mess with each other and we might schedule with each other. We already were doing that. Just ignore that part. Yeah. And then like directly after that, USC and LSU scheduled a game against each other which was great here's my thoughts here's my thoughts on the whole alliance i respect it (laughs) sorry i have a soundboard now boys and ladies uh it's gonna be fun also i happen to be in the middle of an auction draft so if i get a little bit uh distracted forgive me and it's fine clearly i carry the show anyway um (laughs) none of that is true 
if it weren't for you, the show would not exist. You just keep us on track. You know, you make sure that we don't go off on tangents. We don't talk too long about certain issues. You really keep the the flow of the show moving <laughs> in a fast and steady pace. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we did get a few QB situations get resolved this week. Uh, officially, Ryan, I don't know if we mentioned it, but officially Ryan Day announced CJ Stroud as the starting quarterback for Ohio State which is good because I've been telling you to bet him to win the Heisman. Right. Yeah, um, that, that, that's kind of important. <laughs> you want him to play. Um, he's, he's, we knew it was coming. It's one of, that was a fake one. Um, Haynes King was named the starter. Yeah, that was interesting. What do you think about that? Do you think that helps Texas A&M? He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I hear. Okay. So I'm going to call out a, another podcast without naming them by name. Uh Oh, there is no, 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 and they're not listening because they're a they're a real podcast. <laughs> um, so there is this college football podcast that likes to claim that they're smarter than everyone, um, and they were talking about their their playoff picks. And one of their big playoff picks, um, this person was to say that they were picking Texas A and M, um, Georgia. Clemson and Oklahoma to make it. And the reason why they didn't pick Ohio state is because they were worried about their quarterback situation. And I just stopped and thought, and I'm like, you just picked Texas A&M who's about to roll out Haynes King, who was a lower rated prospect by a lot than CJ Stroud. Didn't have to beat out as strong a quarterback room to earn the job and has not received the same kind of rave reviews. And by the way, is playing with objectively worse wide receivers and has a harder schedule to get to the playoff. That's just, it's bad logic. Like it's every bit of that is just really flawed logic. If you're going to like step on a say Ohio state, isn't going to make it because you think their secondary still has issues from last year. Fine. If you're going to tell me that you're worried that they lost their top four linebackers. Fine. If you're going to tell me you're worried about Ohio state because their quarterback situation, clearly you have no idea what you're talking about because I honestly will say this. I think the, like 70% of the time we're going to see CJ Stroud put up numbers very similar to the numbers that JT Barrett put up during his first season as starter, which is basically when he broke all of Drew Brees records. I think that's what we're looking at right now, just because of the talent around him. Um, I don't know what and you're his talking skillset. about talent around him. What could you be referring to? Yeah. Jackson Smith and Jerry Jake Ruckert. Uh, yeah. I call them Jerry. But <laughs> I don't know if that was. I heard about. it. I'm I'm letting it be. <laughs> um, and then the other bit of news that came out, because uh, while there were other QBs to be named starters, I don't think most people care about uh, care about them. Oh well, I guess UK's is kind of interesting because it's just funny. Uh, so they had gotten a transfer named Joey Gatewood in from Auburn. Yeah. Um, and they got this offseason they got a transfer from Penn State, Will Levis. Um, is he the dude that eats bananas like a psycho? Yeah, he's a crazy person, um, but that's fine. We'll let that be because he's a crazy person and he probably will kill me. <laughs> and he's not that far from me. Um, but so they announced Will Le- Will Levis was the starter. And I kid you not, it was like 15 minutes before Joey Gatewood entered the transfer portal. And it was less than 24 hours that he was in UCF back under his old head coach. Yeah. So... Super weird. Um, but those are the semi-interesting QB ones. I will say this story is kind of breaking right now, but Oklahoma's running back room is, I mean, it's still really good at the top, but they only have two scholarship running backs on their roster. Um, so Marcus Major was deemed ineligible um, academically earlier this week, so he is off the team. And then Kevontre Bradford, who is a transfer from LSU, just entered the transfer portal and rumors are that he's going back to LSU. Um, weird. Why? He basically just blew his eligibility. Yeah. That's really um, weird. That was weird. Um, and then obviously Seth McGowan isn't on the team anymore because he was a criminal and he's probably in jail somewhere. So they've got Eric gray and they've got, um, Kennedy Brooks. I that wasn't me just messing with you. That was I couldn't think of a name. Um, so Demarco Murray, who took over that job, 
in I think last December, he he has to uh he has to roll with the punches because it's not easy. Um, so yeah, but I I'll say this: if you're thinking this changes Oklahoma's upside, uh, they're still a national championship contender. I would say they're probably still my, I mean, third or fourth team that I would put as my favorite. I don't, I think this is their best opportunity to win, but I guess here's my question. Would you rather be Oklahoma where you have two scholarship running backs on your team, or would you rather be Clemson who basically has one quarterback you want to ever CC the field? Honestly, uh, that's a tough one because like, I'm not, not like a running backs matter type of a person. Um, so I, I guess I'd rather be in Oklahoma's position there because you can pass the ball more and you can put any athlete out there to run the football. Yeah. If DJ Uongo exactly. goes down, you're in, they're literally rolling out a guy that you hope never, you were hoping never saw the field. Correct. Yeah. It's that's, that's all I mean by that. So yeah, yeah. no, I think you're right. Um, I, I think if you are Oklahoma right now, if you're a fan of fan of the Sooners, you'll be fine. You've got a lot of athletes on that team. You've got a lot of people that can hand the ball to hell. I bet you if they put Marvin Mims back there, <laughs> he'd probably run for about six yards of carry. So, uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, but let's, uh, so today we are as just a little bit of rundown of the show. This is kind of going to be what our show looks like through the course of the year. We are going to do our, our lock bets that we did, as I mentioned, uh, over the course of the year, we are going to be doing 10 units per week. There's five total games on the slate this yeah. week. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to give you bad bets that I don't wouldn't actually go out there and do any type of betting on. Um, so I'm going to just say, we. I think you and I agreed we're going to do five units this week instead of 10. Uh, and even that, to me, is a little bit of a stretch. But to be honest... Well- it is. If I found some fun ones, the it is a stretch, but I really am putting this these units down because I've been jonesing for some college football betting for so long that I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some money on you know Nebraska, whatever. I, I've been waiting too long. Let's do this. So um, I actually am betting these. But yeah, to your point, we didn't want to recommend ten units. Also, I didn't want to be like way negative in the hole after week zero so just five units i think we can come back from no i feel good about my bets i feel great i feel great and then we are gonna as we talked about we are gonna do a little bit of college dfs we're gonna each run so the way we're gonna do this is uh stefan and i are each gonna pick a um i, I think we're probably gonna keep it at just a little one dollar contest every single week um where we're both gonna enter the same contest with a lineup that um we track our scoring on and then we'll do at the end of it, uh, we'll just compare how we're doing each week. And then we'll talk about our just overall results. Um, we are much less ex- less experienced in college DFS. Yeah. This is mostly a, we just, college DFS is a whole lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun to do the research. There's a lot of different things you can take or can take into consideration. And I think that it's a thing. It We, we just want to come here and talk about it with you because I'm not claiming to be an expert on college DFS. If you are looking for the expert upon experts, I'll send you to a couple of like great CFF players on Twitter. I'm doing this because I think it's a whole lot of fun and I like talking about it. So yes, we'll do that. And this week in our uniqueness, we'll do a little bit of talking just about like what we tend to do when we're like setting up our bets. And then we'll talk a little bit about our college DFS strategies. Yeah, I think that's great. And I will say, like, I think a lot there's a lot of players who are like us who are like, oh, NFL DFS is awesome. There's also college DFS. Let's try that. And I think that, like, because we like do, DFS. like, I don't know if study the game is the right way to say it, but we watch a lot. We talk about it a lot. I think we do have, you know, a pretty decent insight into to what we can do. I think we're going to be... I think we're going to make money on DFS this year, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that we're going to make some I mean, money. I believe that. And I think we will. I just don't want to. I, I hear you. I think that there are a lot of people out there that claim to be experts in things that they are pretty good at. And I want to let everyone know where I stand at this season. And then if my results say otherwise at the end of the year, I will let other people. Uh, yeah. Make that distinction. We're not, we're not entering hundred dollar 
contests <laughs> with these lineups. Nope. Let's be clear. Watch me win this one. Yeah. Though. The little $1, like 5K win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, hit the break? And then when we get back, we can just kind of talk about just overall betting strategy for a minute. How does that sound? I love All it. All right. We'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Um, Before we get started, I just want to talk to you guys uh, for a minute about something that has um, helped bankroll my betting. And that is utilizing different sports books um, apps against each other. So I have four different sports books on my phone. I have, I'm going to pull them up because I will forget. I've got Caesars, which used to be William Hill. I've got FanDuel, DraftKings, and then I've got sports betting. And I like to check every day. I go in and check every one of them. And the cool thing that I found is Caesars and DraftKings offer opposite boat boosts most days. So especially during like the NBA finals, Caesars would boost the underdog and DraftKings would boost the favorite. So you could put a max bet, which was usually $50 on both. And you're guaranteed to win money or at worst break even because their boost would be anywhere from plus 100 to plus 300 was the best. So what I would do is I would go in there and max bet both sides of it in my different sports books. And some days I would triple my money. Like I remember one day um, during the during the NBA playoffs, I I got a plus 300 to hit and it was a $50 bet. So it was pretty delightful. And while it's not going to like make me millions of dollars it gives me enough money so that when i do have a bad day or a bad week i'm still getting this you know 10 to 25 dollars a day in boosted free money really that um i'm able to play with for example DraftKings will do like a a major league baseball game to score boosted to score in the first inning to like plus 150 but the regular one um like so if you bet yes at plus 150 at the max bet, you get your money if it hits. But if you also bet the no at the regular price, it's at like plus 110. So either way, you're making money. So just really encourage you guys, if you have the ability to download these various apps, you can really use them um, off of each other. Not to mention the fact that they do give you these like when you sign up, you get this free like $150 of free bets. So it's been a game changer for me. It, it's made it so that like I view my betting as like <laughs> it really is more of like a sports. Um, it's like uh, investment. It's math. rather than betting. It's uh, quite lovely. So highly recommend, you know, doing that. It's been it's been great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that um, because I'm I'm going to be honest. I whenever. Ohio legalizes sports betting, which, dear God, what's taking so right. long. Um, I'm g- probably going to have about four apps on my phone um, just to kind of do the same thing you're thinking. Uh, so, Yeah, and you can shop around for better prices. Like, we talk about that anyway. It's like, oh, can you get me a... Um, can you get me a better number on this? It's like, well, let, let's go over to sport. Like, we talked about sports betting on the last episode where but with their app, we got a great number on NC state at five and a half total wins 
um, at plus money, whereas most places it was like six and a half at minus 110. So shopping around can make a huge difference. I just won Calvin Ridley for $36, by the way. I'm pretty excited about that. Proud of you. Um, so anyway, let's um, let's get into... Let's get into something that we've been, well, I, I won't speak for you. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Picks of the week. There we go. Picks of the week, baby. Are you ready for this? We got our five units that we're putting down and we're going to start making some money right now. All right. I'm going to start with my... Let's go with a uh, let's let's go with the one that we share, um, just to kind of get it knocked out early. Um, I don't like most of the lines this week because I am lazy <laughs> and uh, I don't feel like digging too deep into. Like I, I tried to dive into some practice reports. I tried to look into um, some weather forecasts. I tried to do just a little bit of research on like past matchups between the two. But I'm going to be honest, I ended up coming to my home, which was the Big Ten to start it off. Um, and Nebraska and Illinois, right now the line for the total is at 55. You can get that at uh, minus 105 over at points bet. Um, I'm putting a two-unit uh, wager down on this one on the under. Illinois this season, um, so they're debuting Brett Bielma. I don't know if you guys remember this about Brett Bielma. Not only does he love to run the ball, he loves to run the ball and play really slow, like really, really, really slow, um, which is going to hurt everyone's opportunity to get possessions, which is going to hurt opportunities for scoring chances. Um, and so the one weather report that I did feel very good about is there are going to be 10 mile per hour winds that are crosswinds, which should make field goal kicking a little bit challenging. It'll make passing a little bit challenging, but as I mentioned, Brett Bielma doesn't like to pass. Um, and then I did go back to last year's matchup between these two teams where Nebraska did uh, come out on the losing end of this one. And one of the big things that I noticed was that how much they struggled to run the ball really. So they put up, I think it was 200 or nearly, I think it was nearly 200 yards rushing, but that's a lie. I can't think of that. My brain is not working at the moment, so I'm going to pull the actual stats up <laughs> while I vamp. Um, so, sorry, I looked at this morning and I had it, and now my brain didn't want to work. So, they rushed for just around 200 yards. However, 122 of that was Luke McCaffrey, uh, and 60 of it was Wandale Robinson. So, what is the issue you see with that? They're both gone. Neither one of those two players is on the team right. anymore. Uh, Wandale is on University of Kentucky, and Luke McCaffrey's on Rice. Rice, baby. So, so Rice, while I Rice, do think baby. this is... Right. <laughs> um, so like, while I do think that this is not going to be super indicative of... like that, It's not going to be one for one that all of a sudden Nebraska can't run the ball against Illinois. But they struggled last year. And the two people who had, were successful... Really, they're the two people who were really successful on offense against an Illinois team, which was not very good, are not a part of this team anymore. So I think this game's going to come down to Adrian Martinez trying to be superhuman. And to be honest, he's a little bit prone to turnovers when he does. So I think this game goes under. I think it's probably closer than Vegas initially had it, which is why I stayed away from the line a little bit. So uh yeah give me the under and i'm gonna i'm going two units on this one i like it um do you want two units at 55 at minus 105 or i can get you under 55 and a half at minus 118 i will go 55 and a half at 118 yeah i'm playing that one do too what's i put on? one unit on it for all the same uh things that you said i think both teams are going to want to try to play slow here um, first first game of the year, week zero for Christ's sake. I think they're going to be uh, playing pretty slow, but 
I do like that under 55 and a half. I think it'll play well. I have two other plays on this game. One is uh, Nebraska minus six and a half at 109, minus 109. I think Nebraska takes care of business in this game. You can find that six and a half over on FanDuel. I know most places have it at seven, uh, but I like six and a half. I think it's a great number. I think Nebraska is better than one touchdown. Um, I think they're more than a one touchdown favorite over this team in, in my opinion i'm excited to see what they can do um not against most teams but i think adrian martinez he's gonna have a good good game um we're gonna you know circle back to him later in the show uh but i'm i'm pretty confident in this one i have uh one unit on it and then i went ahead and parlayed the nebraska minus six and a half with the under at plus 281 uh but only putting a half unit on that so i'm kind of all in on nebraska and the under on this one uh, half my units this week are going to uh, to that game. So, um, again, I've got Nebraska minus six and a half. I'm with you on the under, and then I'm parlaying those two together as well. So I guess this is where I tell you that you're wrong and you should feel bad. <laughs> um, so this act, I, I say this in jest. Uh, I'm doing a feeler play out there uh, on the Illinois money line at plus 205. I do think that, Bielma's style tends to just be weird. And if Adrian Martinez makes a mistake or two, we're looking at an opportunity for kind of Illinois to sit on the ball, have long drives. And if they come away with points on them, it makes it kind of difficult for Nebraska to keep up. So with that being said, I'm putting a half unit down on the Illinois money line at plus 205, which I think I'm looking right now. I think that's the best number I can get on it. Plus, ooh, I take that back. I'm seeing a plus 220 oh, out you, there. So I will be doing it at plus 220. Yes, you want to do that. Because, yeah. Absolutely. No, I like that. Um, I don't. I mean, I like it for the value. I, I'm obviously not betting it. But to me, there's, there's not a whole lot of value in taking Nebraska. I mean, excuse me, Illinois plus seven at like minus 110 or whatever. I'd rather do what you're doing, go for the all out win um, at that plus 220. I think that's the right way to play it. So I actually want to jump in with one of my next ones. Um, and so I spent my time looking at uh, Sugar House because I like first half totals and I like player props and Sugar House is a good book for that. They also have, uh, I believe Barstool has met a lot of plays, has a lot of the same player props. So just worth like shopping around because there's some fun bets that are available. So Fresno state has a fairly explosive offense and UConn is replacing a lot of starters on defense. And again, they haven't played football in a year. So when you're talking about one of the worst possible um, teams in the country um, going up against a pretty high powered offense with probably one of the better wide receivers, Um, at least from a production standpoint, at Fresno State in Jalen Cropper. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for a lot of explosiveness. And then realistically, when uh, Fresno State is kind of going to take their foot off the gas. So because I actually think that UConn has the ability to score with a couple people, um, I'm a big fan of Kevin Mensah um, from the perspective of I think he's capable. um, And he is an actual, like, he's, he's capable of putting up Points for UConn. I think I'm going to take the over on 32 and a half in the first half for one unit. And this is basically me saying, I think Fresno state is going to try and get a very big lead in the first half and pretty much pull their starters. And with that happening, that's when I see like the second half being a lot slower. So on this one, uh, if I were going to bet the game total, I probably would bet the under on it. But I do think that Fresno State's going to try and blow up the score really early. So give me for, I believe it was still at like minus 110 on that book, um, 32 and a half in the first half. Yeah, I I think it's, uh, I, I, I don't know if everyone knows this or not, but um, Fresno State no, is looking ahead to Oregon. Um, they've got Oregon next week. So I think to your point, they will be looking to, you know, not show everything that they have. I think UCLA has a similar story with LSU on deck. So I, I, I'm with you there. I think the first half is, is how you want to bet this game. 
Um, expecting points, I think, is good. Uh, in a similar kind of vein, I'm going with Fresno State in the first quarter, minus seven and a half. Basically, I just think they're going to score more than one touchdown because I don't think UConn's going to score in the first quarter. So um, to me, the 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 coin toss <laughs> might 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 end up settling this bet for me. Um, if UConn gets the ball first, I might be um, fucked. Uh, but but I I, I kind of feel good about this one. It's at plus one hundred Fresno State first quarter minus seven and a half. Uh, so you know getting full return on my you know investment here of one unit. So gonna gonna roll with that one. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I'm going with Fresno State first quarter minus seven and a half. I like that bet. I only I always get a little iffy on first quarter bets just because they're really volatile. Like you yeah. said, the coin toss may end up determining the whole thing. Um, I'm gonna go with. So now we're going to, I'm going to dive into that Hawaii UCLA game you were just talking about. Um, And I saw a number for a player prop that was super weird to me. And it was Jared Smart, who was the leading pass catcher for Hawaii last year. Um, And the over-under on his yardage in the game is 35 and a half. Here's what I kind of see happening in this game. And this is why I'm leaning into this bet. I think UCLA is going to get a big lead in this one, and I think they're probably at that point going to try and kill clock. But when they get a big lead, that's going to force Hawaii into very big passing situations. And I think the beneficiary that's going to be Jared Smart, because if he's their most targeted player, if he's the guy that uh, is maybe not the focal point yardage-wise, but if he's at least the focal point like in receptions, there are going to be enough opportunities for him to go over a fairly small number at 35 and a half so I'm placing a half. What did I put? I think I put full unit. Sorry, I got to look. Yeah, I'm going to put a full unit down on Jared Smart, wide receiver for Hawaii, um, to go over 35 and a half yards at uh, minus 120. And like I said, that's over on Sugar House. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to stay in that same game, um, Hawaii-UCLA. I think... This game could start off. I think I'm going to be sweating this bet is what I'm saying. Um, But I do think that this game, because UCLA faces LSU the following week, because Chip Kelly does not have a great out-of-conference record, uh, because uh, Chip Kelly struggles in opening weeks, I'm going to go take the under. It's a big number at 68.5. And yes, I know both these teams can score. um, But I I see a, a kind of... 62 to 64 point outcome here. So I'm going to put a half unit um, on UCLA Hawaii under 68 and a half at minus 111. Half unit only because, um, well, I don't, <laughs> I'm not extremely confident, but I do, I do like this play. I, I do like that one. I, I felt pretty solid on that uh, as well. Um, and here is why. Hawaii has a very bad run defense. They were, uh, they allowed, I, well, let me, again, I, I don't want to be dishonest and act like I uh, have the numbers pulled up in front of me when I don't at the moment. So we're going to quickly pull them up. Hawaii allowed 212 rushing yards per game last year and two rushing touchdowns. UCLA has a lot of really good running back talent. They have Britton Brown, they have Zach Charbonnet, and they have Doriel Thompson-Robinson. I think their folk, and as we mentioned, they have an LSU game next week where they're very unlikely to really open up the playbook here. So I think if you're going to be looking for a way to maximize the fact that you know that they're going to kind of close the playbook and just go to the simple things, it's going to this player prop here with Britton Brown at 89 and a half yards at minus 125. I have one half unit, or I have a half unit remaining. I'm going to use that last half unit on Britton Brown to go over 89 and a half yards uh, rushing the ball. I might be sweating this one if he's out by mid third quarter, but I do think that in this spot, he's kind of going to be the one him and Zach Charbonnet are going to be the one that they ride to the end of the game when they've already got, say they have a two touchdown lead, which they are 18 point favorites or 17 and a half, depending on the book you're looking at pretty likely that they're holding a pretty sizable lead at some point in this game. And when they do that and they don't want to show anything, they're going to go to their running backs. And I think Britton Brown is the guy they go to because in current practice reports, 
and current depth chart projections, he is the one that is the lead back. Yeah. Sorry. That's interesting. <laughs> um, I've, I've talked up Zach Charbonnet all off season, I feel like. So, um, but I, I think, <laughs> I think because we don't really expect this to be a super competitive game. Um, I do think that the running game is going to be heavily leaned upon. I think both, um, Charbonnet and Britton Brown are both going to eat in this game. So I think that's a really safe bet. Um, the only thing that would really suck is if like Charbonnet or one of the receivers um, ends up uh, breaking off some, a couple of long touchdowns and then Britton Brown's not playing in the second half. To me, that's the only way this bet doesn't hit um, is if they're just up huge at halftime and they just pull people. Yes. Yeah. See, I, I think if they're going to pull players in this game, I think they are... I don't think they pull a player before the third quarter. And I think that the person they're going to pull, like, I don't think it'll be the running back first. Mm -hmm. I think they'll get the quarterback off the field first. So we'll get a few opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Well, I kind of hope you're right. I kind of hope you're wrong, (laughs) but we'll get into that later. Um, I've got one last play. Um, That's all your plays, right? That's all five units. That is all five units. Yeah, so I have one more play, and that's San Jose State. Uh, minus 23 and a half. It's a huge number um, against uh, Southern Utah. But I love my boy, Nick Starkle. Uh, he, I rode with him last year, ride or die, baby. I've got him in some of our uh, college Canton leagues. Very excited for all that he brings. I think he's going to light up this defense. I think uh, the only way this doesn't hit is if they get up like really, really big early and then just kind of like park the bus. But to me, they're they're a much better team. Um, they're a much better team than Southern Utah. So I, I feel pretty good about this one. So um, yeah, one unit on San Jose San Jose State minus twenty three and a half. All right. Without any further ado, DFS. It's time for some DFS. I'm excited to hear what you've got here. Um, before we jump into like our actual lineups, though. Why don't we take just a couple of minutes to talk about like cash versus tournaments, where you like to play, how you like to play. Um, we did a we did an episode earlier this year. I had uh, Kyle uh, Borgangoni on from the the Fantasy Footballers podcast. He runs their DFS show, and we talked a lot about just ways to play DFS. Um, now he was looking at it more from a NFL perspective, but a lot of the rules really apply. And one of the things he talks about is just kind of like how to like play it on a weekly basis. And he talked about the 80, 20 rule where like you're putting 80% of your money into cash tournaments and 20%. um, I shouldn't say cash tournaments. That's very confusing cash lineups. And then 20% into um, the tournament style, like GPPs. And the reason for that is those cash tournaments, those double ups is where you can kind of like bankroll the rest of your season because those tournaments can be really difficult because a cash tournament, 50% of the players um, are going to double up their money, um, just about, uh, depending on if you do double ups or uh, just head-to-heads, however you'd like to play it. Um, whereas in tournaments, a lot of times it's only you know 15 to 17% of players that are cashing. So having that 80-20 rule just kind of in your back pocket there is a really nice way to kind of approach the situation so that you're sure to be able to play all year and not run out of all of your betting money um, after week four. So I really like the idea of that 80-20 rule, which is why I do play in a lot of 50-50s and double-ups. Um, how do you like to play DFS, Matt? Where, where do you find yourself uh, investing most of your money, and, and how do you like to play it? So I, I think that is the right call, is you do have to mix in. Like the cash cash lineups aren't always as fun. And I, I it's act, I'm, I'll say it. I get way more excited throwing together my... I, see, I, I'm not an NFL DFS yeah, guy. Okay. Uh-huh. I never have been. Um, but I love pulling up the little like $3 tournament where f- the first prize gets $1,000. Because it's just fun to think about it. When the reality is, is that you're basically shrinking your odds by doing so. So you do have to balance it a little bit. And you do have to kind of take the, all right, let's look for floor approach versus ceiling. And so that's where you get kind of interesting uh, decision-making process on it. But... Yeah, I mean, I mix it up. I'm not, I don't follow 80-20. I'll be honest, I'm much closer to like 50-50. Um, but 
I would say, he, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I tend to be a, I look for, like, I, I end up pretty chalky in both lineup styles anyway, because I think that chalky players work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a great, a great statement here. I, this is what I, my, I'm good at, I'm better at picking out players than I am about my bankroll management. So I probably actually need to go back and evaluate this a little bit more on my end. Yeah. Well, I, I do think it's important because knowing the right um, places to, to set your lineups and, and how you want to play it does make a big difference. And then even just like the way you approach tournaments as a, as opposed to cash um, games is, is also important. Like with a cash with a cash play where you're, you're in a 50 50 or a double up um, you know, 50% of the teams are going to make money. That's the point. So you don't need to take like these high risk, high um, contrarian plays. You can go with like what you're saying. You can play a little bit of the chalk. You can play the, the safer plays that you know are going to hit. So, so you're looking for those, those high floors, the exposure rates don't really matter um, quite as much. One of the things that I really like to do is, is find large rooms like on DraftKings, they'll show you how many different players. Like I don't have much interest in like a 10 player room. Cause I don't know who those 10 players are, but if you put me in a room with a thousand other players, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be better than 50% of them. So, so give me a big room with minimal max entries. I don't want to be playing against dudes who are putting in 50 entries or 20 entries. Like I'm not investing, you know, $400 a week on, on DFS. And if you are, then, you know, good for you. That's awesome. Um, but that's just not where I'm at. So what I'm doing is looking for those one to three entries. And then I am, um, finding those high floor plays. And you're going to hear this when you hear my lineup, um, where, where I know I'm going to be getting points. Whereas in tournaments, I think it's a lot more, uh, valuable to hit those contrarian plays and finding like a lineup that doesn't have more than like a hundred, 120% usage rate. Uh, so you don't want to, you don't want to put a lineup that's going to have players that are highly owned because you just won't separate yourself in a GPP um, where those guaranteed prize pools, you really do need to separate yourself. You need to find a lineup that is going to be different from other people. Because if you have the same lineup as everyone else, you're just not going to make it into that top 12, 14% that you need to. Uh, so, so find the right type of style for you, not only cash versus tournament, but also how many entries are there. If you're only going to be putting in 10 bucks, don't enter a, a tournament where people can put 20 or 25, 50 lineups in there because you just won't be able to have the same odds of, of success as a lot of these other guys. So be looking out for that. Be aware of the competition um, and be aware of the, 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 the entries that you're making and, and, where, and where you're putting your money. I, I hope that makes sense. Um, if, again, if you have more questions about this, um, just scroll back a couple of like two months ago, um, again, Kyle Borgangoni and I talked through a lot of this stuff in great detail. Uh, so highly recommend that. Um, Matt, why don't we kind of get into our lineups, talk about some of the players that you're excited about, some of the players that I'm excited about. Again, we're doing the three-game slate, so there's not <laughs> there's not a whole lot of options here. Um, we, uh, we have slim pickings this week. <laughs> so you say that, but I, the one perk of the week zero... Um is that depth charts are, I mean, pricing on stuff isn't really as established. So I, I think there's some interesting opportunities for exploitation plays sure. on um, on some of the early lines. Because so, so one guy in my lineup, and he was the first guy I picked, was Kevin Mensa from UConn, um, which... I already mentioned, I don't think UConn's good. I think they're one of the five worst teams in the country. But Kevin Mensa, in we're going to just quickly pull this up because, again, I don't want to lie to you folks. Um, in the 2019 season, Kevin Mensa rushed for 1,013 yards. The team uh, passed for like 2,500 yards total. So his rushing was basically the equivalent to half of the the passing game. So he was almost accounting for like more than a quarter of the total offense because there was one other running back that got any significant touches. 
So in 2019, he had 226 carries for 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. He also did have a little bit of receiving work, but that's not really what I'm going for here. So really, I'm just this is a volume play for me. I think Kevin Mensa becomes the centerpiece of their offense again. He is going to probably average somewhere in the four to four and a half yards per carry range, which is not good for my projecting him as a like prospect, but it's certainly fine when it comes to getting enough first downs that he continues to get volume. And he is going off right now at 4,200, which means so what I typically am looking for is, is probably around a three X multiplier based on their cost. So First off, you take the number divided by 1,000, so now 4.2 times 3. So I'm looking for about 12.6 points of production out of him, and I'm guessing in this game he's going to average, or he's going to get somewhere in the range of like 15 to 18 carries. So realistically, I'm looking for him to get somewhere near 100 yards, and if he gets a touchdown, great. Yeah. So that was my first. He was my centerpiece of my, my whole build was hey, look, I get my first running back for real cheap. Yeah, he, he wasn't where I started, but I'll stick with the running back position just for convenience sake. And I went to uh, Ronnie Rivers. He is the running back for Fresno State. Uh, he averaged, um, like, in, in six games last year, he had 507 yards, seven touchdowns, an extra 265 yards through the air. So pretty exciting numbers there uh nine total touchdowns on the year again this the, this matchup is 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 pretty nice for fresno state so uh ronnie rivers was the the running back that i wanted to make sure that i locked in um now he's not cheap he's seven thousand eight hundred, uh, but to me he was worth he was worth paying up for so while i i do i did look at ronnie rivers a lot he was expensive um, i won't lie he was he was the I think he was the most expensive running back on the slate. Mm-hmm. So I I pretty much faded running backs in that one, in that matchup, because I I did kind of what you did, which was look in the passing game. But let's go with my second running back. I already told you guys about him in my bets. I think Britton Brown is going to be heavily featured on UCLA's unofficial depth chart that was released. They have. They have Britton Brown listed as the starter over Zach Charbonnet. So I was like, all right, Hawaii's run defense is real, real bad. I'm going to go lock in the guy that I think is going to be the centerpiece of that, Brit Britton Brown. I don't think he's going to be super-duper exciting. I don't think he's going to break off like 200 yards and two touchdowns. But we're talking about a guy who was fairly successful as the running back for Duke. And, I mean, you give me a, a running back that is proven – to be capable and uh, is going up against a really bad defense. I'm going to take him for 5,600. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I, I stick stuck with that um, UCLA backfield. I went with Zach Charbonnet more because I felt obligated. Like I had to, (laughs) no, not really, but I do like Zach Charbonnet. I think he will be able to contribute a lot in the passing game as well. Um, I do think that uh, UCLA will, will have this game in hand. So I do think they will be also be running the ball, uh, looking for, um, you know, very successful high, you know, plays that have high rates of return. Uh, so those short dump off passes as well. So Zach Charbonnet was just a little bit cheaper uh, than Britton Brown. Um, and to me, it's kind of a coin flip as to to who um, kind of really leads the way there. So I went with him. So so I've got Rivers and, and ZC as my my two main running backs this week. What position do you want to go to next? Well, why don't we hit quarterback? Let's do our quarterbacks. You you went with a good option, so let's let's start there. Yeah, I so so I'll be uh, I'll be honest. I actually plugged in my superflex first, <laughs> also quarterback, and that's Adrian Martinez. Again, I've already shared that I am pretty confident that Nebraska takes care of business this week. So so Adrian Martinez at six thousand eight hundred. He was one of the cheaper options at quarterback. Seemed like a good uh, a good bet there. Uh, he led the Cornhuskers last year in rushing yards, which I think is really important. He had 520 yards and seven touchdowns in seven games on the ground. Um, then, of course, you throw in his, his passing capabilities. Now, he didn't do great last year. He only threw four touchdowns in seven games. But, of course, we know that Luke McCaffrey was kind of splitting some time with him. Uh, I feel really good about um, putting him in my lineup and just kind of 
assuming that he is going to not shit the bed um, and, and, and give me pretty decent production um, as one of the cheaper plays at quarterback this week. So he was actually the one I went with first. The other guy I went with is, is the most expensive guy, and that's Jack Hayner. Again, I expect Fresno State to put up a lot of points, so I feel really good about um, putting him in there. And I was listening to another podcast. We're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to fade these Fresno guys. They might be sitting at halftime. Like, yeah, if they're sitting at halftime, that's because they're up 48-3, to three, and these guys can just... Like you got to score points to get there. So um, to me, uh, if they get there, it's going to be because of guys like Jack, uh, Jake Hayner putting up uh, pretty impressive numbers uh, through the air. So those are my two quarterbacks. So, uh, yep. And I, I like both of those plays. Um, I think with Martinez, you're really kind of banking on a, uh, you want the rushing production. That's kind of what you're looking for in this one. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, the real hope. I went with at quarterback Chevin Cordero um, also gives me a little bit of that rushing upside last year. He had 116 rush attempts for 483 yards and seven touchdowns. He also passed for just under or just over 2000, uh, just over 2000 yards and 14. He did have six interceptions. So we're kind of hoping we're not running into one of those situations, but with a guy who has some rushing upside um, and some, is a pretty respectable passer over a 60% completion percentage um, in a game where I think they could be behind by a decent amount and need to kind of throw late. I'm going to go with him as my kind of centerpiece at the quarterback position. And then for my, I'm, I'm sticking with the same game and I'm going with DTR Dorian Tom. It's not. Yeah. Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, at UCLA, like I said, I think this is a run-heavy game for UCLA. Thompson Robinson is a ridiculous athlete, um, and I think that he's going to be heavily featured. I actually really like him as a pretty much use him every single week type of quarterback um, in DFS because of that rushing upside and because of the offense. So that is my quarterback and super flex. Um, Cordero is 7,500 Dorian Thompson Robinson is 8,500. So he is, I think he's the second most expensive, uh, player on the entire slate, but I do think he's worth it. Yeah. I, I, I looked at, I looked at, I looked at him, but because I had spent up so much with Jake Hayner, um, I just couldn't fit him in my lineup without just going super, yeah. super soft everywhere else. So, uh, I, I just couldn't make it work, but I, I do like that play. Uh, let's move over to, um, you know, the wide receiver position, uh, with Jack Hayner. I wanted to stack him with Jalen Cropper. Jalen Cropper led the uh, Fresno state Bulldogs in, it is the Bulldogs, right? I don't want to be an idiot here. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, he, he led the team with, um, receptions. He had 37 receptions for five twenty and five, um, in six games last year. To me, uh, he will see uh, the bulk of the work through the air. Uh, so I just wanted to stack um, him up with with Hainer. Uh, you have Cropper too, right, at 7,300? 7, I do, for basically the same reason, which is I want a piece of that passing attack. And yeah, Cropper is one of the best DFS options. Yeah, I, uh, I do have another Fresno State uh, pass catcher in my lineup. It's actually... Juan Rodriguez, who is there, um, I think he's actually a tight end for he is them, a tight end. Um, which makes me a little bit nervous. Um, but in his one game last year as a freshman, um, he had uh, three receptions for 21 yards and a touchdown. Um, if he can build off that, I think that'll be fantastic. I, uh, I This is one of my um, cheaper plays. I had to save money because I went big other, way, other, other places. But uh, I just want to mention him because I do have him from this Fresno State uh, game also. So I, I also took another Fresno State receiver, and I took Josh Kelly, a uh, redshirt sophomore. Um, he and Cropper really are the two primary starters um, on this offense, so getting him at 4,400, um, it just seemed like it was too good of an, a spot if this if they do blow them out early. And with, uh, I mean, at, at the price of 4,400, I, I felt like he was a good fill option there, so... That's why I went with him. And then I rounded out my wide receiver group with Jared Smart. I already mentioned why I'm in on him. I think that this Hawaii passing attack might be their only chance to stay in this game. And I do kind of like having a a stack when I think the offense is going to get a little bit pass happy. So I went with the Cordero Smart stack. Now, as long as he goes over 36 yards, 
I'll be happy for my bets. Right. <laughs> but he also probably needs to score a couple of touchdowns if that's where we're going to stop. So uh, I, I do hope he kind of smashes through that number and gets me a uh, gets me like a lot of receptions and then also a touchdown. But that is uh, my wide receiver core. Um, you have one more receiver on there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going with Omar Manning uh, from Nebraska. Again, he was one of the cheaper options at only four thousand dollars. Um, he was in the program last year, only got into one game, didn't really do much. But they, he's a player that they have high hopes for. They're hoping to get him going. Um, I was reading some articles on him, and they really want to um, make him feel comfortable. So I am expecting him to become uh, not a focal point of this offense, but someone that they're trying to um, lean on uh, early to to build up some confidence. So in a game against a, you know, not a great Illinois defense, I do think he'll have the opportunity to produce again at only four thousand dollars, um, saving some money here allowed me to go bigger in some of those other places. So, uh, feel like he'll be able to provide a little bit of value, but again, not someone that I'm uh, really relying on for 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 massive massive upside. I'm good with that. Um, I'm rounding out my lineup with Day Day Hunter, running back from Hawaii. Um, I don't feel great going into or leaning in so much in this Hawaii offense when I think there's a decent chance to get blown out, but getting a starting running back um, in Hunter at 4,400, I feel pretty good about that. He did prove last year on pretty limited workload. He, he did get 12 receptions and two receiving touchdowns. So they do seem as a viable pass catcher and he did score a couple of times on 46 carries last year. So while I don't think he's going to be my like, breakout super like score player on this option or on this lineup. I do think that he provides a little bit of upside because he may end up getting some of that receiving work. That's always fun uh, to have. Um, yeah. That's about where I was at. Yeah. And, and my last play uh, in the flex spot is uh, running back for Illinois chase Brown. Um, he had 540 and six total touchdowns. Um, he had a couple of receptions in there as well. Um, I just think that if Illinois is going to do anything, it's going to be through Chase Brown. You mentioned earlier the uh, the Illinois plan of attack is going to be to try to keep this game moving slowly. They're not going to want to try to get into a high paced offensive shootout with Nebraska. Um, you know, you got to watch out for Adrian Martinez, as we've talked about. Uh, no, I just think Chase Brown will be someone that they lean on heavily. Um, and he was a, a pretty reasonable uh, price point at, at just $5,000. So um, I, I liked him quite a bit. Why don't you run down your your slate here, and then I'll, I'll give the people mine. Uh, so my lineup is Chevin Cordero um, at 7500 Kevin Mensah at 4200 Britton Brown at 5600 Jared Smart at 6200 Jalen Cropper, 7300 Josh Kelly, 4400 Day-Day Hunter at 4400 and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. That did leave me with $1,900 uh, to spare, so I do have a little flexibility. Um, but I am going to lock in this lineup, um, barring any like unforeseen, these guys aren't playing. Sure. Yeah, no, no, I think that's, I think that's great. I, I, it's always weird. I, I always have like a, a visceral response when I have money left over. I always feel the need to spend it, but that's not always the best move. Um, my, my two quarterbacks, one in the super flex, I've got Jake Hayner at nine, seven and Adrian Martinez at six, eight. My running backs are Ronnie rivers from Fresno and Zach Charbonnet at seven, eight and five, three. My three wide receivers are Jalen Cropper, Omar Manning, and then Juan Rodriguez, who's actually a tight end. And of course, um, finishing it off with my flex at chase Brown at 5,000. And that is right at $0 left over. So I have very, I, I don't have any wiggle room. Like I said, I, uh, I had to save a little bit of money on, uh, on guys like Omar Manning and Juan Rodriguez because I'd spent up in other places. But I do like this lineup. Um, I'm going to be uh, tuned into that, uh, that Fresno State game pretty, pretty heavily because I've, I've got a lot riding on that one. Yeah, I mean, same. And I don't have Hayner, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun, man. Well, we did it. We, we were at like 57 and a half minutes. We made it through the... the the DFS slate. We got through our picks. I feel great, man. I'm excited to watch some college football uh, this weekend. I am so grateful that it is finally here because it has felt like a ridiculously long off season. It has, and it, 
it makes it feel longer when you're sleeping less because of a new Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's good, though. I'm excited, man. It's fun doing kind of a, a different approach this season where we're doing a little bit of DFS. We're, we're putting some units in and that we're able to track. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for next week when we're uh, sitting here looking at all of our winnings. It's going to be fantastic. I agree. Yeah, there you go. Anything you want to leave our listeners with? By Jackson Smith. And there you go. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some awesome college football. We can't wait to talk about it. Let's go. Let's go.